Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. They've got over 180,000 titles to choose from, so let's just say you won't run out of any books anytime soon. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Jumbled, your favorite podcast about nothing. I'm Zach. I'm Johnny. Hey, Johnny. How's it going, man? I'm pretty good. How you doing? You sound a, a little sniffly. Yeah. I uh, feel like I've got... Uh, it's like the the last hurrah of winter. Like, obviously, since mm. we're... You're still dealing with winter. It's going to be... Yeah, s- we got like 10 centimeters of snow last weekend, and apparently we're getting like another 15 this week. That's like That's like two feet, right? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know my centimeters. Um, Zach, do you know how many centimeters are in, in an inch? Uh, roughly? That's like four, right? No. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm telling you, I I know jack, jack shit about the uh, metric system. I... Imperial till I die. Oh, yeah? Even though, even though it's... I'm much more complicated and scale and not as scalable and all that stuff. We can get into a big discussion, but anyway, uh, I'm dealing with a bit of a, I think it's like a post nasal drip mm. issue that's irritating my throat and making that's my, good. making my voice sound a little bit raspy. So we'll try to fight through that. If I sniffle a little bit, like I just did apologize. Um, but at least this way, I sort of sound like Batman. It's a little bit of an intrigue thing, you know? Yeah, that's all right. I'm always sniffly, so the listeners are used to it. They'll just blame it on me. Yeah. I'll take, I'll own that for you, Zach. Oh, thanks, man. How you doing, you, you pink-haired bitch? <laughs> hey, it's for charity. Johnny looks like uh, Pink did when she, you know, the, the R&B artist Pink, whenever she first came onto the scene where she had pink hair. Is she hair. an R&B artist or is she a pop artist? I feel... She started, well, I guess I, I'm saying R&B because she, when she came onto the scene, she was R&B. But she's sort of really? transitioned. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, I, mean... I would say like a, a poppy R&B, but definitely a more soulful you could tell they were trying to spin her a certain a certain certain way, but yeah, yeah, she had pink hair, and Johnny, you have pink hair too. I do have some pink hair right now. I look good. What happened? I look damn good. What happened? You get in a Kool Aid accident? Somebody? Well, I was trying to make some juice one day. Yeah. And uh, you know me and my butterfingers. Yeah. And so I almost spilt the container, but then I caught it with my head. You caught it with your head, and then it was just yeah. perfectly on top of your head. Just, I only buy drink containers that I can also use as a hat. <laughs> as a general rule. Yeah, that makes sense. You're shopping, you're like, well, what's the diameter of this thing here? Is it I like, mean, is it like 40, we talking like 42 centimeters or like, <laughs> I have no I'm idea what you, that is. You still haven't figured out what a centimeter is. <laughs> That'll be the running theme. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Oh, Zach. Uh, oh, Zach. no, Johnny. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a long week, man. It feels like it's been like two weeks since we recorded. No, that's not the case. That's that's the the interesting thing about having like staggered uh, 
recording times that sometimes yeah. it feels like I talked to you yesterday and other times like right now it feels like it's been over a week, which it has been over a week. So that's yeah. pretty fair. Um, pretty, uh, pretty crazy week though. Yeah. A little bit we, nuts. We had a great month of March for the podcast. We did, man. Uh, 10,000, over 10,000 hits for the month, which is, I mean, it's, it's an all time high for the it's podcast. It's pretty badass. It's pretty awesome. We, we actually broke all of our records, downloads, plays um, well not plays plays in uh february or january i can't remember one one of the first months of the year were higher but i think it's because of robots like we said i'm always wanting to attribute it to the robots hey robots are the future man let them in they're part of our family now hey robots can like podcasts too if if they can influence your election, they can listen to our <laughs> podcast. Okay, it's Facebook and if, it was the Facebook and uh, Cambridge Analytica whole, whole thing. Did you if, um, did you see he was getting grilled by uh, by some I, congressmen? I saw that it was taking place. I I wanted to watch the video because I've heard that it's pretty funny. Um, I mean, say what you want, Zuckerberg is. A an genius. alien. He's a he's a lizard, and he's a lizard person. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking lizard people. <laughs> uh, but uh, I I saw some funny write ups about him trying to answer really complex questions and explain, you know, computer science <laughs> basically. Yeah. In really simple terms for a bunch of old white men, like who are upset about data breaching whatever i mean it's shitty i i don't i don't know like is he is he in serious trouble is i I know facebook's stock price has like crumbled i don't think he's Um, in serious trouble i don't think they're holding him personally accountable for it i think mm -hmm. they're just trying to hold the company accountable to their privacy Um, yeah and that's and that's fair and you know he said they'll be better and whatever but at the end of the day I also get mad at this when when people talk about censoring and their First Amendment right, mm-hmm. and when Facebook censors stuff and people immediately cry First Amendment. And it, I mean, you have to remember that that is a private business, right? And you you don't really have that right there. You know, they can control their business how they want. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you have the right to say whatever you want. But Facebook also holds the right to be able to remove information. Yeah, shut you down. You know, if you're ruffling too many feathers, they can say, hey, it's not good for the platform, for our business in general. So they just shut it down. Yeah. I'm with you. I was listening to it in the background. I had my my headphones in. I was doing some other stuff. And there were several times where you'd hear, like, an old guy going, like, how do you make sure that... Uh, my phone doesn't just like trying to <laughs> trying to make sense themselves because they don't understand it. But He's then they're was... grasping that his phone has internet. Like he hasn't figured that out. He's like, where does where does it plug in? Where's the cable? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was funny because there were like those moments that were broken up by long spans of time. Where it was just silent, and Zuckerberg was really trying to wrap his head around what the guy was actually trying to say, 
because mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense. You know, he was uh, this this thing with the uh, you know in the screen and and how do you? Ma- I, one of the questions was like uh, he was trying to say how can we be certain that other applications on the phone aren't getting that data from Facebook. Mm. So like app to app security. Right. And that's not a Facebook thing. Like that's up to the that's up to well one, you can give other applications rights to share mm-hmm. the data and stuff. But it's not just like it's wide open. You know what I'm saying? Like it's how, it's boxed up. How do you feel about a lot of new apps now instead of creating an account you can log in with your existing Facebook? How do you feel about that? Well, in light of recent happenings and stuff like that, it makes you a little bit weary. Um, mm-hmm. I've done it. I'm not going to say I haven't. Um, just because it's... It, I think there's a... Just the whole idea that, oh, well, I can either set up an entire account, which might take me five minutes to do, or I can just click this Facebook button and it'll redirect me to put my password in and then boom, it's done. Yeah. It is definitely a convenience thing, but yeah. So I don't I know. never I mean, do it. It weirds me out. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I guess now there's obviously the privacy issue. I just, I don't know. I'm always paranoid about, you know, I log in with Facebook and then all of a sudden my Facebook starts advertising whatever it is I'm doing on my phone. So, yeah, you know, not, not that I'm concerned about what I'm doing on my phone, but more from the John's using this app, you should join it. And I don't want that to be posting on my Facebook. Sure. Automatically, you know, and I don't think it does that, but that's always my, my thoughts or my concerns is that something like that's going to happen. And I just, sometimes, you know, I just don't want to deal with that shit. Yeah. Anytime you give something permission to use Facebook, they tell you, like, from the outset what this application is going to be able to do or access. So, like, it'll be able to access your public profile, anything you've shared publicly, which I think I have down to mostly nothing at this point. Like, I've even gone through old posts and taken them off public. Well, no, like, I've just changed the privacy settings to be friends on everything, so... Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they can, people can search for me within Facebook, but they can't find me within Google. Like, you can't search for my name and pull up, pull up my, yeah. Like, you can, you can turn that off inside of Facebook. So people can search for you inside of Facebook, but, um, they can't search through other, um, search engines, which is nice. Hmm. So I just like, I mean, if I can have my name off the internet as much as possible, I mean, obviously with a podcast, it's a little bit different. Man, what about your, your Pornhub career? Well, and that's separate. I, you I got go, a stage name too, right? Yeah. So that's fair. Uh, 10 points, Johnny. What's that stage name? Oh, I totally forgot. I was, what was it again? God damn I it. actually don't know. I was hoping you would come up with something on the spot. And I thought we talked about this. We made a stage name for you. Yeah. When, well, when we talked about your my free cams adventure, <laughs> you know, we probably did because uh, I was Porky Pig in it. I know that. But... <laughs> That's right, Porky Pig. 
but I, I don't know what we uh, what we came up with. Um, I don't know. Thick as a Snickers. That's what I'm gonna say. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm I I keep everything pretty much locked down on Facebook. I'm not really too concerned with the privacy in general on Facebook. I feel like it's sort of just being amplified by by the election and politicized and all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely also more of a lurker on Facebook. I don't know, lurking, creeping, whatever. I don't really post to Facebook anymore. I will yeah. occasionally make a status, but I always question why I'm doing it. But then sometimes I do it anyways. <laughs> um, and I'll occasionally comment on things. But typically when I'm scrolling through Facebook, it's kind of what are my friends doing? Or I'm browsing the various for sale groups that that I'm a part of just to see what's, you know, on what I can get good deals on. Yeah. Blow up dolls um, and, and lube. Man, and... used pocket pussies, huge savings. Huge. <laughs> huge, dude. Huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. You get, you get some, uh, oh, shake weights. Some the... You get, they got used shake weights and stuff. Some of the things that people put on on Facebook uh, for sale sites, it's pretty. It, it really makes me concerned. There are people <laughs> selling things for five dollars. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Five dollars is five dollars, yeah. but is that worth the hassle? Like to me, the hassle of responding to people on Facebook: Can I come pick it up? Can I do this? Can I do that? And then having someone come to your house. To for five dollars for five dollars and then for me i don't know if i would drive across the city to buy something for five dollars if it's going to cost me 20 in store next to my house and maybe yeah. that's a really privileged perspective um but i'm a very busy person so to me that saving 45 minutes of driving is worth 15 dollars to me yeah i've known people who have sort of uh, well it was craigslist at the time but not many people use Craigslist anymore, um, but they would trade for stuff. Like the, it wouldn't even be a monetary value. Oh like, yeah, they the would trading's kind of cool. Yeah, they'd be like, okay, well, I have this. I'll trade you for this, and then they know that they either know they can flip that for more money than they'd be able to get for the other thing they traded, or yeah. they would just take that and then know somebody else who would want to trade for this thing. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, I never did that personally, but I, I know a guy who was just, he always had something he was trading somebody else. It was really weird. I, I mean, I'm kind of that guy. We, we Craigslist is a thing in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's not as popular in Alberta. We have Kijiji. Um, hey man, bless you. <laughs> Kijiji. <laughs> uh, I'm an obsessive kijiji Um, and so I'm mean, actually can yeah. anything with obviously cars and motorcycles and, and my car and finding parts and, and flipping stuff. So I'm the post office lady, I, I think is pretty confident that I'm a drug dealer or something. Cause I'm always shipping something. Yep. She's always gives me that look. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. That Some, probably I mean, doesn't probably doesn't help your case that you always walk in with cocaine on your nose, you know. Man, it's snowing all the time. I can't help it. <laughs> walk in looking like uh, uh, fucking Scarface. 
And you just smashed your head into a mountain of coke. Yeah, um, Canada Post changed some of their regulations around shipping dangerous items. Yeah. Um, which weirds, really weirds people out that you can send guns in Canada Post in regular mail. Can you really? Yeah, I do it all the time because I'm constantly buying and flipping guns. Huh. Um, That's crazy. So I, a lot of the stuff that I send out are guns. And then they change their regulations so the post office lady, they have to ask now um, because they've had issues with firearm theft through the post office. Uh, so I always, brand, anytime I'm sending anything firearm related, I always say that it's music equipment and I get a different box or I say it's car parts or, you know, something stupid. But at sometimes, depending on the case you're using, you can kind of tell, like, it's yeah. a little suspicious. Um, but anyway, so the Canada Post lady questions all the time. Now they have to ask, is it, is it a dangerous good? And, and I, being a smartass, don't feel like guns are dangerous. Um, which is maybe wrong, but still, um, I always say define dangerous. And then she has to read me off the entire list (laughs) (laughs) and I stare at her blankly. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, you have, now you have to disclose that there's, I have to disclose it. Yeah. Cause they put a tracking number on it. Um, because there's been, and it's happened to me where my package has mysteriously gone missing. Uh huh. Um, so, and you have a tracking number, so I track it and it doesn't go to where it's supposed to go and I can see where it was last scanned. And then I have to call Canada Post and say, Hey, my package is missing. And I don't necessarily say what it is right away. Um, and they'll like look it up and then they'll say, Oh, we'll get some of the look in the back. And then they'll come back and say, Oh, we can't, we can't find your package, but you have insurance so I can issue a check. And I say, that's great. Um, but I have to inform you that it's a firearm, which means I now have to report it to the police right. and they'll have to do an investigation. And then they get really scared and say, okay, well let us look one more time. Um, and then, you know, an hour later they call me back and like, Oh, we found it. It was like in the back of a truck kind of behind the shelf. It must've fell. Yeah. Our, our, one of our guys, uh, Tyler, he, yeah, just, he thought it was his place it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, Canada Post. So now they have a thing where you have to disclose if it's a dangerous good. Oh, my God. Fire them, they treat it with special care. But I that still paranoys me a little bit because then they obviously mark it somehow, probably right. through a barcode. Right. So the people processing it then know 100% that it's a gun. Yeah. Which is I, one of the leading ways for guns on the black market in Canada. Yeah. I was going to say what you were describing earlier I thought was like the the going like what you had to do like every time you'd just be like oh I'm shipping a basketball and uh I thought that was like still the going like it's it seems like from an American standpoint like if you went to a post office and tried to mail a gun any in any case most likely unless like it was a special I don't know I'm sure there's a way to do it but it just seems like that's uh like it is too, could have gone two very different ways you know yeah i mean i always i would buy uh stickers fender stickers or something and put it on there i mean you have to be careful too cuz musical instruments and post office people still want those but it's yeah. less less enticing or i get a bunch of old um car part stickers like muffler stickers oh yeah and put that and say that it's a car part or I'll write like glass sculpture or something that, you know, people don't really give a shit about. Yeah. 
a box of rakes, I think is what I would go with. <laughs> a box of rakes. A box of rakes. Uh, yeah. It's like so nobody wants some, a box of rakes. Honestly. I've had some interesting conversations um, with my post office lady. Her name's Pam. Of course her name's Pam. I feel <laughs> She's like a every, nice old lady. I feel like She's every, really sassy. Yeah. I feel like every post office lady, there's always a Pam. There's yeah. always a Pam in every post office. It doesn't matter if it's Canada or America. I think it's uh, when they're hiring people. They're like, have we met our Pam quota? Is yeah, there Pam a, quota. Is there a Pam here? I also played a game with her for a while where I would try and make my packages as small as possible. So even if I was sending something tiny, because they have to put two stickers. And I really liked watching her freak out trying to fit both stickers on the tiny package. Wait, and then was she this, called me on it. I feel like this was a game for you and it, not well, really oh, a game for her. I did it accidentally the first time. And she was put, put the one sticker on and then she was... Like organizing so it wasn't covering my writing, so I'd write yeah. really big. Oh my god! So she didn't have space to put the sticker, and she's getting really <laughs> flustered. And then I asked her, and she's like, "Oh, it's new policy. The stickers have to be all on the front of the package. It increases like scanning, rate, shipping, whatever. Sure, because it's all like we automated or whatever. They just feed yeah. through a belt. Yeah. So I kept coming with smaller and smaller package sizes <laughs> with bigger and bigger writing. <laughs> You're she a just dick, she dude. she called me on it. She's like, "John, are you fucking with me right now?" Like, <laughs> how often are you at the post office? Because I feel like it's a little weird um, that they that she that Pam knows your name. Like, you're well, on I a have, first name basis. Yeah, we're on a first name basis. I have an account with Canada Post because I ship so much, so I save on some shipping. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I set up, which I really like, is instead of your package is getting delivered to your house. You can set up a free P.O. box at your post office. No, oh, nice. So in Canada, I don't know what it's like in the States. So if they come to deliver your package and you're not home, mm-hmm. they leave you a slip saying, hey, we're here. You have to pick it up at this time. And sometimes that's right. the next day or the day after or whatever. Yeah, same thing it can be kind of It can be kind of a pain in the ass. Um, so I... You sh- Pam actually got me to set up a P.O. box. So I, anything I order now, I put that, the P.O. box or the address for the post office. And then I just get notification from the tracking was at the post office and I can pick it up at any time. Oh, that's nice. Um, so it's, I'm not playing that guessing game of, oh, am I getting to the post office too early? Because usually I don't want to wait till the next day. So I try and get there right before they close mm-hmm. and then I make Pam sort through the bin in the back and find it and she cusses at me. Yeah. And I feel like there's always going to be a place for the post office because, I mean, you hear more and more nowadays that people are getting their shit stolen off their front porch. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's I'm... just like, why not just, you know, take a minute out of your day and go visit the nearest post office and... Yeah, and literally my post office is 500 yards from my house. Well, that's nice. It's not, it's not far. Um, but it's sometimes, you know, I get excited when I order something. and Yeah. I want it now, and I don't want to wait till tomorrow. I, uh, <clears throat> a lot of times I'll ship to my work. Yeah, I don't do that with firearms or anything, so. <laughs> well, not with firearms, but like, and it, I. And I don't own a gun for full disclosure, but I, um, yeah, like anything I order pretty much, I ship it to my work. So it's not mm-hmm. sitting out cause I, I, you know, work 30 minutes away. So it's not like I can come home on a lunch break and 
Yeah, and grab it before. Grab it or something, because I would have to turn immediately right back around and get back to work. So, but, did I share Ali and I's Amazon Prime story? I don't think so. So we got... Well, Ali got Prime accidentally, but it turned out to be a beautiful accident. I love it. So we've been doing a lot of buying off of Amazon, and mm-hmm. she found a bunch of stuff that is same-day shipping, which is awesome. Yeah. It really makes me wonder how they do it. Um, or next-day shipping. And we... Oh, we ordered our router, and it said it was going to be at our house by 9 o'clock, and it we didn't... Like, no one rang the doorbell. And then I went to check. Ali said, well, just maybe check just check the door and maybe they put it on there mm-hmm. and we have a doorbell camera and it sends notifications to my phone whenever someone comes to the door. So I typically know someone's at my door before, before the doorbell rings. Right. And I was like that my camera didn't say any, like camera didn't pick anything up. Um, and then I went outside and it was there and, uh, <laughs> I was like fucking ninja. Yeah. Like, how yeah. did you get that there without setting off my camera? <laughs> They they're like Spider Man. They they lowered themselves with from a a string. Seriously, got the know. package, dude. You had the one the one ninja uh, postal worker dropping off your stuff. For real, it's pretty nuts. So. Either that or maybe it was uh maybe it was a drone. It I don't know drone if we have drone shipping yet, but no? I'm I think that's kind of cool. Whatever, as long whatever I want. If it gets here faster, I don't care. Sure. Well, Johnny, um, there's a whole lot that I, well, we said last week we're going to, we're going to cover, uh, UFC 223. We did say that. Uh, and I've got all my stuff lined up and ready to go, but there's so much of it. There is so much drama. So I don't even know where to start. Do we start with... I think you got to start with what was originally going to be Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. Uh, Khabib. Um, yeah, I. So I mean, this is the fourth time that fight has been canceled. Yeah, for various reasons, and I do think that one of the times it was Khabib pulling out for an injury. I could be mistaken for that, um, but at the end of the day, I I feel well one. Anyone who takes a fight against Khabib, good luck. Is pack a is sandwich. A brave, brave man. Um, so I, I, I can, I can understand Ferguson pulling out. I think it was shitty that it was done so late, and I, you know he got his belt stripped for it and yeah. whatnot. And there's a lot of anger around that because McGregor held onto his belt for a full year and hasn't sure. fought and hasn't got stripped, although he's stripped now. Stripped now, yeah. Which he deserves. Um, we can get into that in a little bit. But then, then it was Holloway filling in, right? And Holloway, uh, he was declared medically unfit as well. Yeah. Did they say what happened with that? I'm, I, I actually see details. I actually don't know. Uh, I'm not sure of the injury, but um, then there was there was rumblings that maybe Anthony Pettis was going to try to step in. Yeah, um, and he didn't. From what I read, he did. He, he didn't make weight. He couldn't make weight in time, or something like that. Well, that's. I think that's the thing that people forget. So you're fighting at lightweight. A lot of those guys don't walk around at their fight weight, right? And right. They yeah. have two or three month plans to to get down. And and the, again, to take a fight against Khabib 
in six days a, and you haven't had a camp. It's a tall I mean, order. A lot of those guys train regularly, but they're not necessarily in fighting shape. Right. Like, there's a huge difference between training and being in fighting shape and having right. a camp. So anyone, and then to fight arguably the best pound for pound fighter right now, yeah. who's 25 and 0. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> it's a tall I have like a hundred pounds on Khabib. I don't think I'd want to fight him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no thanks. Um, and then, uh, so Pettis didn't make weight. Then, uh, Paul Felder, who offered to step in, was declared, uh, unable to do that because he wasn't ranked. Um, yeah. that, uh, you know, that's the New York, uh, athletic commission. So, I mean, I don't know about, I think they're, they're trying to make good, good paper or good, good matches. And I understand, but <laughs> when you've gone through so many people, you're running out of people. Like just throw anyone in. Yeah. There, anybody. Right? So, uh, I mean, eventually I acquainted, stepped in and. And I thought he honestly, did okay. I thought he did, he did right. really well. Yeah. Honestly, if you if you break down the fight, I mean, he was the underdog. I don't think many people expected him to win, right. but I don't think anyone expected him to put up the fight that he did and to go yeah. the distance with, with Khabib. Full, yeah, full five rounds. Yeah, it was on short notice, and I, I did. I really pissed me off that he came in. 0.2 pounds overweight because he was supposed to fight in a different weight class, and right. then they didn't. They didn't give him the extra time to cut the weight for a sh- chance at the belt. I mean, it, I guess from their perspective, it was unlikely that he was going to win. But, yeah. I mean, sh- come on. Like, yeah, I mean, point all the two, shit that's going on makes some concessions. Right. But that point two pounds made him in a, ineligible to hold the belt if he won. So, right. Uh, just would have been sort of hanging out there for, for any. And all takers, but I thought he, uh, I thought he did okay. You know, Khabib's just, just so aggressive, you know, and is. Mm-hmm. But I think it showed, like, it started to show some of the, you know, the the cracks in Khabib's armor or his game plan. Sure. And it's going to be interesting to see who fights Khabib next, and if what they take from take from that fight and expand upon it. Because imagine, I mean. Al put that fight, that plan together in six days. Now imagine if you have someone who has a three or six month camp to really analyze and break down, oh, yeah. and strategize and train for a purpose. Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. Well, you watch who, that. You watch that fight as a template. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh uh, yeah, 100. percent Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I thought you know for for as little time as he had, he he put up as good a fight as he could, but. You know, even though he made those those pushes in the third and the fourth rounds, got a little bit got a little bit of his footing back, but it's just it was just it, too much. Khabib is just relentless. That's yeah. and like you said, it's a relentless aggression, fantastic wrestler. I don't oh, know. Yeah. It's it's gonna be interesting. I think honestly, the only one I think that can beat him right now, and I say this caring about mcgregor I, i'm a little bit upset with him right now right. um is gsp i think gsp is the probably one of the only fighters who fights smart enough if yeah. that makes sense smart and very and technical too so he's gonna match yeah. he's gonna match that that technicality you know yeah gsp is incredibly technical 
And I, I know we've talked about this and why it sometimes makes him seen as a boring fighter if you don't understand fighting. Mm-hmm. But I, that's that's who it's going to take to to beat Khabib, I think, is yeah. is that really smart and well-executed game plan that's probably not going to be a super exciting fight. Because yeah. Khabib wants, wants you to brawl with him. He wants you to, he, to he, loosen up and get yeah. angry and take chances. And that's, what, that's where he wins, right? Yes. And, and that's McGregor's style is yeah. you know he's loose that kind of sideways karate stance hands mm-hmm. mid waist incredible power he has great speed i mean yeah. he's good on the ground too like it's not questioning that it's just i don't think mcgregor's style matches and i think that's why mcgregor's been dodging him for a while and he knows that all right stop let's take a second to talk about our sponsor for this week's podcast audible head over to audibletrial.com jumbled and get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook uh, they've got a bunch of audiobooks, but for the month of April, I'm going to recommend Tough Shit by Kevin Smith. It's what I say to my kids, what I'm going to say to you if you turn this offer down. I'll get more into that at the end. Uh, but it's narrated by Kevin Smith, obviously by Kevin Smith. It's five hours and 58 minutes uh, long, so getting a good amount of time in there. Uh, it is just honest, brutally honest advice from uh, Kevin Smith. He's done a lot. He's a... Uh, He's got his own production company, he's a director, he's a comedian, I mean, he was in uh, Jane Silent Bob, uh, and I think there was a second one, a third one maybe, I don't know, he didn't say anything, he had zero, well, I think he had like one line in like the last movie or something, I don't remember, it's been a while since I watched it, but this book is about things that he's learned, um, over the past however many years it's been, him being in the business and doing, you know, what he's been doing since he was 24. That's when he released uh, Clerks. That's That was his first uh, movie that he released. Other topics that he discusses in the book uh, are why he has accepted Ferris Bueller as his personal savior, why it's really fun to eat but not so fun to be fat, what to do about people who don't like your policies, and what Kevin's idol, Wayne Gretzky, can teach us all about creativity and direction. Uh, Johnny can get behind the Wayne Gretzky part. Uh, he probably also likes Kevin Smith because Kevin Smith is uh, also known for wearing hockey jerseys around all over the place. Even at like, uh, I don't know, like I think he even wore it to like the Oscars or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, uh, if that sounds like something you'd want to listen to, then head over. It's there. It's uh, It's... You know, regular price twenty four fifty, but you're getting it for free with your thirty day trial. So again, that's audibletrial.com slash jumbled. Get that free audiobook. If you don't want Kevin Smith's stuff, hey, cool. They've got all kinds of other stuff that you can choose from. Just head over, give it a give it a look, see, see what you find. Uh I'm sure you'll find something. There's so much stuff that you're gonna trip over something for sure. Anyway, hope you enjoy that book. Let us know what you're listening to. Thanks, Audible. And we got to get back to the podcast now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you like the ads, but, you know, got to get, we got to get back to the podcast, really. I would like to see it. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but because um, even in light of recent events, I'm still, I think I'm still a McGregor fan. I, I, I like what he stands for as far as. You know what he brings to the table for MMA mm-hmm. and what he's done for the sport. Um, you know he's he can be he can be a little bit too much at times, but 
I don't know. Give it some time. I, I bet it happens. You know, I bet, well, I bet I, that fight materializes at some point. I'm, I felt like when I, when I saw all the behind the scenes shenanigans going on and McGregor having his tantrum and throwing shit through buses. Yeah. I thought I was watching WWF from early 2000s. Yeah, it was a very Attitude Era sort of, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. throwing something through a sheet glass, yeah. yeah. It just seemed so put together. And part of me thought that this is legitimately McGregor, his PR plan. This is what he does, is he creates hype, he creates energy, creates drama outside of the ring. Yep. He uses it to promote himself, to drive up viewership numbers. Now everyone wants to know what's going to happen. And he uses it to make money, and he uses it to throw off his opponents. Yeah. Um, so, I th- I don't I don't want to say it was staged by the UFC because I don't think it was, but no. I do feel like it was calculated. I think it went a little too far. I don't think McGregor wanted to actually physically hurt someone like he did, yeah. and and to really fuck that card up like he did. Yeah. And I think he's going to pay the price for it now. And if I was Dana White, I would be leveraging the shit out of that to make McGregor fight. And to make him fight for cheap. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what Dana White needed, right? Because how else... Like, realistically, the UFC is not going to get a, a $500 million pay-per-view. No. It's just not the same as boxing, right? No. So the money is not there, and that's what McGregor wants. But now he had this colossal fuck-up, pending, you know, criminal charges, lawsuits, whatever. However, whatever way they want to go, they could take yeah. it every which way. And now Dana White has leverage to say, hey... You fucked up. You mess up some players. He's probably going to have to settle some stuff out of court. Sure. Which won't matter to him. Yeah. Um, and Dana's going to say, you need to fight. Or, you know, we'll unleash crazy lawsuit hell on you. Yeah. Because he, he probably cost them revenue in, in, oh, that, sure. in, in that fight, right? Yeah, he had people probably planning on, on tuning in and then... You know, once the card sort of fell to shit, you know, they probably were like, eh, yeah. it's not going to be worth it anymore. Um, although there were a few bright spots in the in the card still, but, um, yeah, you know, I we'll see what happens. I still think that, I still think that Connor's a big enough draw. Oh, for where sure. Where they, they have to play it a certain way, the UFC still. Um, where they're, I mean... <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it all pans out, but should it was, be it was, at least. It was a very interesting week for for UFC in many ways, for sure. And yeah. and it's too bad because I think a lot of that drama overshadowed some of the other great great fights that took place. Mm-hmm. I forgot who the undercards were. Uh, well, let's see. We had. Uh... Well, let's see here. Straw weight. Uh, women's straw weight. Uh, Rose Namajunas uh, versus Joanna uh, Yindredrick. I, I love Rose. Him. Yeah, love Rose. She brought it, man. I mean, I I think that you know she her her boxing was was a bit you know a bit too much uh, for for Joanna to take, but um, she got she is a stone cold killer, dude. and she is so calm about it. It's just. Incredible! It was the uh, Zabit and uh, Kyle Bochinaya Bokniak, yeah, Bokniak, yeah. Um, the end of that fight where they just looked at each other, 
dropped their hands and just started pounding on each other. Yeah. Just it was nuts. Inc- incredible heart and no quit. And I mean, that they stole the show. Honestly. That was, yeah, that was the best night or best fight of the night for sure. Um, I like that there's such a big height difference between the two of them. Yeah. But you could not tell, like, you couldn't tell that Bokniak was backing down at all. Like, he was, he was, no. he was still no, squaring no up with him. He was, yeah, he was, you know. I mean, and those are the fights that even if you lose, it still progresses your career in the UFC, right? Yeah. If you have exciting fights and you lose, you're still going to draw numbers. So the UFC is going to push you through. And that, and that's kind of the unfortunate bullshit of their current ranking system is that it's not actual rankings. It's, it's, it's becoming a money-making and they're always trying to set up a super fight that will be, and I don't blame them. They're a business. They need to make money. And sure. And that that Dana White is going to be forever chasing the hype of McGregor Mayweather, and oh yeah, they'll ne- it's going to be so hard for him to do that. Though I did see, I think it was McGregor posted something on Facebook, but you never know if it's just him posting fake news or or just being a shit disturber. But there's apparently early conversations about a McGregor Mayweather two, dude. I. It- for no other reason than Mayweather finally getting shut down, do I want to see that fight? But the thing is, it's it's going to be. It said modified rules. It was going to be in an octagon, four ounce gloves, no elbows, no knees, no takedowns. So it's what a boxing match. A boxing match in an eight an eight sided ring. Like yeah, exactly. It's, and and McGregor will lose that fight again. I mean, but. It's a payday, right? And if that's oh, well, if, yeah. if that is if that money is going to land in the UFC coffers, they're gonna they're gonna do it. You know, they're gonna yeah. modify the rules. They're gonna get Mayweather back in the ring again, and people are gonna watch it. I won't. Oh, yeah. I won't watch it. I will pay for it. I'll pay for it. I won't. You can give care. me. You can give me the. You can give me the <laughs> the heads up on what happened. I'm not gonna pay for shit. So for I had a viewing party for the Mayweather McGregor fight. I mean, I Which followed a, that. Really, actually, a pretty good fight. Honestly. It was. It was a great. It was really fun to watch. I mean, I think deep down, everyone knew that Mayweather was going to win, but we also knew that McGregor had a puncher's chance. Oh yeah, and he, he and caught him early. It was just a little glance, you know. He landed more punches than Manny Pacquiao did. Like, and let that's that let that sink in. That McGregor bought. I mean, he's been boxing his entire life. But he hasn't been his primary focus, right? I mean, he's right. well diversified. He's a well-rounded person. But he did start boxing. That's how he got into fighting was he started in boxing. Yeah. So he's not unaware of boxing. But to go in and fight the arguably one of the best all-time boxers. I would, I would say. On his way out of his, you know, he's old. But he's still a brilliant technical fighter. And to very land more punches brilliant, than Brilliant Pacquiao, defensive. I mean, he's. And he, He's not the He's kind of dumb. boxer I want to see. Like I, we talked about it before, but I'm I'm really wanting to see the knockout artist. I'm I'm more into a, a, like yeah. a Mike Tyson or something like that than I am a yeah. defensive fighter. Raw but. power, feast or famine. That's that's right. my style. Right. You know, you you come in, you get knocked out, or you knock someone out, and that you live and die by the sword, right? And that's that's right. not Mayweather's style. Mayweather's style is it's going to pick away at you, ride um, it out, ride it out. He, but I think he knew from the start that. 
that McGregor was going to gas himself out. He's going to well, try McGregor's to. McGregor's and... notorious for gassing himself. He gassed himself in every Nate Diaz fight. Well, yeah, right. It's yeah. he, but that's his. He is. He's a go bigger, go home fighter, and he loves the finish. He thrives on the finish. Right. And the only way you get that finish is by pushing and pushing and pushing. Right. Yeah. Um, but McGregor did. He stunned Mayweather a couple times. Like I think he, Mayweather ate a couple shots and said, "Oh shit, this." There's more to this guy than I was expecting, and he yeah. kind of said that, you know, in the after fight interviews that you know he underestimated McGregor and yeah. whatnot. And but I don't, yeah, I don't think fighting in an octagon with four ounce gloves is going to make enough of a difference. I especially if there's no kicks. If you added one more element of kicks yeah. or elbows, oh, I think please. that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. If you add takedowns, Mayweather has no chance, and he knows that. So yeah, he's not he's it, not going to take that fight. No, he's not. He's not going to put himself in a situation. Although he has said before it's all about the money. Is he willing to take <sighs> that? Is he know. willing to mar that that perfect record by by altering the rules so that it's not in his favor? I don't know. So, I think the money has to be good enough. Is it going to be big enough in a UFC event? I don't know. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Business-wise, McGregor fighting in the boxing world is going to create that hype because anytime Mayweather fights, you have all of the boxing fans. You're, right. you're guaranteed that audience. And now you're just bringing in a pool of UFC fans. I think if Mayweather goes the other way, there's still a lot of very committed old school boxing fans who don't don't want or don't believe in or don't see the significance or respect for MMA and right. we'll never watch. They'll be like it's it's garbage. They basically equate it to WWF and don't care. Right. So I don't know if that pay per view as a UFC fight produces the shit ton of money, the billions of dollars that the the boxing fight would. Right. So right. I don't know. I think it's it's interesting. I I don't know if it will actually happen. Honestly, I I imagine that McGregor is gonna have to fight. They'll either do a Nate Diaz three. And they'll, they'll mm-hmm. finish that trilogy. Yeah, that um, definitely needs to. We need to at least have some closure on that, you know. Yeah, or you know, or it will be Khabib, or maybe GSP. But either either of those three could alternate and fight each other at any time, or they sure. could all some one of like you know they should just put all three in a cage and let them go at it. <laughs> That'd actually be pretty sweet. <laughs> you want you want to generate some big bucks. <laughs> Isn't there like a weird? Um, I'm trying to remember where this. I saw a video of of it's a like Russian group fights MMA or something, right? Group fights, yeah, 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 and that's so Russian. Like, I can't think of a more Russian thing. Like, aside from like stabbing somebody in an alley, I can't think of a more Russian <laughs> thing than to have a group fight. It's basically just gangs of people. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, Fighting. just gangs, give them gloves, throw them in a ring, put a couple of refs in there and hope for the best. They're stomping on each other's heads and <laughs> trying to break bottles. And <laughs> So awful, dude. I mean, really fun to watch, but so dangerous. It's it's so it's just brawling, right? Right, it's, 100%. And and you have the the aspect of well, if you one dude gets knocked out early, well then you got to you got an advantage for yeah. You got you got your numbers advantage, which becomes even more painful to watch. I would imagine assume. being the solo guy against five other dudes. Oh, dude, I don't. And and they're and they're Russian too. I don't know why yeah, I'm always like fuck. every time I think of a Russian guy, I think of uh oh, what was his name from from Rocky? 
Oh, the big, yeah. the big blonde dude. Even though I'm pretty sure he's not Russian, actually. No, I don't think he is. But did you hear that they're making a Creed two? And I haven't seen. I still haven't seen the first one. So I haven't either. I watched the first little bit, but I think I was on a plane, and then like my TV broke or the sound wasn't working, and I got frustrated, so I just turned it off. Yeah. And I want to watch it because I heard it actually was really good. Yeah, um, I heard that too. That's uh, Michael B. Jordan. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's really good. So they're making a second one, and it's it's him fighting that Russian dude's son. So they're re- they're bringing back the USA <laughs> versus Russia. Dude, I thing. love it. Uh, I love it. I, and then and so then there's a weird watch. Russian guy. There's a weird Russian guy over in the corner with like like a like a satellite dish and like a he's listening. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just spying. Yeah, just spying away. So <laughs> I I feel like I need to watch the first Creed now. I might go and do that after we finish recording, actually. Yeah, um, I need to see that as well. But in preparation, because I just, I like the Rocky series. I think it's hilarious. I didn't know this, but did you know that Stallone wrote that movie? Did he really? Yeah, apparently he wrote that movie and he sat on it for years, or for a while, trying to find someone to make it. And no one wanted to make it, and he wanted to star in it. And I think he had a couple offers of, oh, we'll buy the script, but we wanted someone else. And he was like, no, I like. This is I wrote this movie. I want to be in it. Yeah, and it took him a while to get it, and now you know it's one of the most memorable franchises of all time. But. Absolutely, I I just love that you know there's always that moment in any Rocky movie where you're like, oh he's done, he's like he, oh he's done, and then he like looks up through blurry eyes and sees Adrian or something like that, and like, <laughs> and then he just like gets his fourteenth wind, and he just like <laughs> you know. He just remembers oh, all that training he did where he was carrying logs and fucking throwing potatoes and all like all kinds of <laughs> cutting wood, pu- punching meat. And yeah, just like yeah. goes back to his training and uh, any movie from the eighties or nineties. It just, it is so fantasy like karate. Kid. If you could, yeah, karate. Well, I mean, karate kid. Yeah, for sure. Um, but if you look at the style of, of boxing, it, it, it just, that's not how it happens, you know, no. it's no, just not at all, but, and you, and if you watch any early, um, Arnie movies where he like commando, oh, yeah. he's just shooting from the hip. It has perfect accuracy. And <laughs> it's just so, hey, man, campy. maybe, maybe he actually can do that. Okay. But people loved it. Love those yeah, movies. I, it's an aesthetic thing for sure. You want to see somebody who's shooting from the waist as opposed to like, you know, yeah, actually high and tight. High and, and tight, yeah. Because it's just like, you know, zero fucks given. I'm shooting from the waist. I'm still planning on full you down. auto. Yeah. Just, which, you know, people don't typically use full auto. You, no. In, but in of course you have life, to. But, and but yeah, it, it's from the hip or two two guns from the hip. Just, bah! Yeah, yeah. Tommy to guns, everyone at Tommy 400 guns. yards. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, those movies—they get me every time. Yeah, I man. still watch them. Yeah, every once in a while, I'll, uh, I'll watch like a like Predator or something like that. Uh, yeah, like, that pre- oh yeah, Predator is good. Love Predator, dude. Covers himself up with the mud. <laughs> yeah. You, you one ugly motherfucker. That's that's the line, man, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Oh, Arnold, get him, dude. I love Arnold. He had a heart attack, eh? Yeah, he did. I forgot all about that. We're talking about. I think him. he's okay. I mean, I haven't heard anything else. You know so what? I assume I, he's okay. You know what I heard? 
I heard, and this is not a joke. When he came out of surgery, he said, I'm back. No way. I feel like I read that somewhere. Unless it was a joke. Oh I my God. hope it I was I could see him doing it. 100% could see him doing that. How I, I did have a question for you, speaking of, of Arnie. Um, and, it, and it does flow with our UFC conversation. How do you feel about drugs and steroids in professional sports? Juice them up, dude. I agree completely. Juice them up. At the end of the day, everyone's doing it in some way. Yeah. There's always something that's in the gray area. Sure. or Or you're blatantly breaking the rules but found a way to, to piss clean before. But, like, right. I, I think back to the Lance Armstrong thing. And, and, I mean, yeah, technically he broke the rules. But what people fail to remember is that at that time, everyone, like, the whole top 15 or top 20 in Tour de France we're all doing the exact same thing. So yeah, there's a bunch of guys way in the back who were natural and got, you know, destroyed. Right. But the reality is Lance's true competition, we're all doing the same thing. So he he was competing on the same level, and that's the part that drives me nuts. Plus, if I'm spending money, I want to see a fucking juiced up Barry Bonds hitting, you know, 500-foot home runs every time he steps up to the bat. I don't care. Juiced up, shriveled Allegedly. package, shriveled Allegedly. package, no, no nuts. Just like, just an angry guy. Just let him go. <laughs> just, you know, you know, it's it's equated to like you know having a bear in a cage. You know, you just open the yeah. cage and let that bear out. You know, exactly. That's what I want. I want to. That's what I want to see. You know, I mean, we all, everyone's doing it. There's always a player in every sport. That gets busted, and then it's some bullshit story of oh, I was taking steroids to help with an injury, which is really common to get sure. you know ster- post surgery steroids or a steroid cream. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. For, I get my yeah. supplements from China, and I didn't know that it had trace amounts of HGH in it. It's like, well, you probably know that, but you, you thought you were going to get away with it, and now you have a plausible excuse, right? But I didn't think, who cares? Just let them go. Let them. I'm with let you, them man. Juice up. I'm with you. I mean, not not everybody is going to be, you know, the LeBron James of their sport. You know, let's even the playing field out a little bit. Just let them juice up. You know, it'll it'll be you'll you'll start getting more money from from all the people who want to see actual because it's it's one of the last dramas of mankind sports in general. It's it's pure drama. You know, so it's like. And people love drama, so you want to you want to you want to pump up the drama, get them juiced up, man. Actually, let's let's start up a program where where they're like giving, giving <laughs> the steroids to the fighters. You're like your team breakfast, and the boy, okay, we have a team meeting. Here's your coffee. Here's your eggs. Here's your, your bacon. Arm. Here's your injection. Goes in the ass, <laughs> Zach. Come on, learn your steroids. God damn it. Well, yeah. Sorry, that's where I do all my. Uh... Where I put on my eight ball, eight ball heroin stuff. I, you know, sometimes as I get older and you you read about testosterone levels dropping in your thirties, and yeah. I'm obviously I'm in decent shape now, but I'm nowhere near what I was like in university. Yeah. Um, sometimes you know it's just so tempting to be this this little thing. You take it, dude. If you trial do, run. All right. I'm. A, you, uh, I I think you should 
I think you should start on steroids, okay? Let's do an experiment, a steroid experiment? Steroid experiment, all right? But I want you to do this safely, all right? I want you to see somebody who's going to inject it into you. And I mean, the injection is not a danger part. You get no. brand new, you get insulin needles. Yeah. You don't be an idiot. Don't use the same needle. You dispose of the needles safely. What? That's... The hardest part is finding what you're what you're injecting, right? And that's that's right. where the risk is. Right. Um so, but let's but, let's do that so we can witness the transformation of Johnny. You just get progressively <laughs> angrier towards me. Oh, uh, God. So that I I watched a uh, a Vice documentary on bodybuilders who are juicing, and they talked about how much they spend on their cycles, and it's incredibly expensive, especially when you're going to that level. Which I don't think yeah. I would ever want to be. You know, I can't fit through a door. Yeah. Um, but I, you know. There's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. for, you know, male aesthetics. Yeah. I and, think... You know, just a little advantage, just enough to piss me off enough so getting up at 5 a.m. to work out doesn't, you know, is a lot easier. 100%. Quicker I, recovery. Yeah. You do your You do proper blood work, check your liver, your kidneys, do your, you know, you do your pre, po- like during and post cycle vitamins, your vitamin B supports. Yeah. You you know, br- don't overdo it. That's I think that's where the issue comes is people get addicted to the growth. Right. And which I probably would, let's be honest. Um but you know, that's where it gets dangerous. But if you just do a mild cycle, just enough to give you a little bit of an edge, you know? Yeah. And you you'd talked about uh bodybuilders. Uh and I know we've talked about my friend Larry before. I still want to see if I can get him on cuz yeah. I think he would have he would have a pretty uh, a pretty good um, insight into this. He obviously doesn't do steroids and all that stuff, but I mean, if you, I mean, Johnny, you know me, I'm string bean. He has the same build as me as far as you know uh, structural bones and all that, but he is just jacked, just like yeah, he is huge. He's a good looking dude. Huge. I would love to, I would love for him to come on actually I'd have so many questions about him. I mean you you know a bit about my fitness journey from going from 300 pounds to you know 206% body fat. And, yeah. And you know doing it a natural way. I mean obviously mm-hmm. taking supplements but no steroids. Sure. Um but I would have so many questions for him especially my mindset for training regimens have changed so much. I mean mm-hmm. post car accident I you know I went back up to like 260 and now I've been working pretty heavily since I'd say I kind of started really focusing on it in the f- last fall. Um, I mean I always carried my weight really well because I retained so much muscle mass even though I wasn't working out, but I was getting a little flabby and yeah. I'm down to 226 now. But I've done it basically by just eating properly again, mm-hmm. doing a lot of jujitsu and yoga and that's all I like I and push-ups and sit-ups I don't lift any weights anymore yeah um it's, so it's a really it's a different type of weight loss like if you look at pictures of me now at 225 versus when I was 225 in 2009 mm-hmm. it's a very different look at 225 sure um, but I feel I mean all things considered because you know I'm a lot older now mm-hmm. um, and have a lot more ongoing injuries but I feel pretty good and i still feel pretty strong so it's it's interesting the different styles and and what my focus is now right like right 
it's, it's more on the fuel that you're that you're putting into yourself now as opposed to uh the the work right yeah it's i mean, I I mean they say hard but well yeah but they, i mean they say the you know bodies are built in the kitchen right so you just oh yeah 100 percent diet is diet is 80 percent of of any battle um and and i know i know what my body what i can and can't do with my body when i'm when i'm eating mm-hmm. uh, because i've gone through that you know that huge fitness for so long i've been part of it so I'm, I'm can be really good at cutting weight quickly mm-hmm. and I know I can gain weight really fast and I've learned not to get discouraged by that. Is this not uncommon for me to put on five pounds of bloat in a weekend? Right. I mean, I could, I could do 15 pounds of bloat in a weekend, just not eating or just eating what I want to eat instead of how I should be eating. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's just a different, I have a different mindset on, healthy body or fitness now whereas in university i was constantly chasing oh i want to bench you know 225 oh i want to bench 275 i want to bench 300 i want to bench 350 and like i want to squat this and at the end of the day do i i mean there's parts of me that regret that process because Mm -hmm. of the wear and tear on the body sure um but i also don't regret it at the same time because it was really fun to hit those milestones yeah um I miss being freak show strong, but I still have, like, you still maintain sure. so much of that. It's, I truthfully haven't really lifted weights seriously um, or anything that heavy in five years. Mm. Um, and I, I'm still, when I'm, when I'm rolling with guys, that's a lot of, a lot of the feedback I get is you're so strong. Like, what are you, how, what are you doing for working out? And I just say, you're looking at it. Like I come to jujitsu, <laughs> you know, that's it. three to six times a week. And yeah. I, I try and do pushups and sit-ups at home and that's it. That's, it's just residual muscle mass. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, at least you got that going for you. I've never, I've never had any kind of muscle before. Likely never will. Uh, cause I don't care, but, um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll reach out to, uh, to Larry and see if we can get something scheduled um get him yeah, that'd in be that, awesome I'd, that, i would be so stoked plus he's got you know i mean we you know we go way back so can you have can you make him just sit here. shirtless <laughs> i mean <laughs> i feel like much he, to ask i feel like he Is might not want, it too far i feel like he, he might not want to do it if, if we hey larry <laughs> i have this podcast and my co-host johnny he's really into health and fitness and uh he you know He's was wondering if you would just do the episode shirtless. <laughs> Man, we need to bring him on when we're doing YouTube uh, YouTube videos. Oh yeah, that'd be he sick. Will, we will get so many women viewership just having him on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> just the just the who's that big guy? Oh, oh, who's so many that muscles. Gorgeous piece of man. Meat. Oh gosh. Yes, and then he is. who are these two old turds next to him? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, you can you can polish a turd up a little bit, all right? That's true. I've seen um, some nice looking turds. Yeah, I did want to get into a couple more things. There's so many more things we could have talked about with UFC 223. Um, uh, let's see, a couple more of the fights we had. Uh, I actually didn't know anything about this fight, Moicano versus Qatar. Uh, I know I, I know Moicano one via unanimous decision but i didn't see anything else on that one yeah. my my big thing for for 223 was uh 
was Khabib's fight and Rose's fight. And, and I mean, I knew Khabib was going to win. And, and I'm happy he won because I, I think for being 25-0, and 0, he's not as big as he should be. I think yeah. real fight fans know who he is. But most people in the, who don't religiously follow fighting culture, if you said, oh, who's McGregor, they know. Or if you say, who's GSP, they know. It's like, big they names, know those yeah. those big names. But they, but you have a fighter who's twenty five and zero, and yeah. feels like he's unstoppable, and he's not a regular name. Um, so I'm glad that he won. Yeah. I I like his style. I like who he is as a person. I think, from what I know, anyways. Yeah. Um, so and I, and I honestly, I'm really glad that that Rose Rose won as well because I think she's also an underrated fighter. And oh sure, they caught because she's so quiet. I think that's. And that's what I love about her is she's so Zen Buddha, nice, just a genuinely nice person mm-hmm. um, who goes goes into a fight with a purpose, but doesn't have a. I feel like she doesn't have a negative bone in her body, and that yeah. you know she can turn it on when she has to. And you see it. There are some fighters who are just typically assholes outside of the gym. Oh yeah, um, and they have that that you know that jerk stereotype fighter mentality, and then you have Rose, who's really quiet, calm, seems very peaceful, shaved head, looks like a monk, wears hippie pants, she does, and then comes yeah. in and chokes you out. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no one respects her. That's the thing that drives me nuts. Is yeah, you know, a couple more fights like this, and uh... her last two fights, people, I'm going to dump all over you. You're. I'm going to knock you out. You're too meek, blah, 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 this and that. And then she comes out and she keeps the same face when she's fighting too. I think that throws people off so much is that Mm -hmm. she doesn't have an angry face or a fight face. Her face is just so calm and collected and she's so smooth and fast. I, I I love her. And she seems sort of like she's got that sort of similar thing to GSP where she enters a fight from an analytical Oh, one hundred percent. She well. has a really good team behind her. So her fiance now, he's like a former world champion um, Muay Thai fighter. Mm. He's a bit older than her, than her so he's semi-retired, but is really focused. He they were on uh, a Joe Rogan podcast, which you should listen to. It was really cool actually because he talked about how they were both fighters, but he saw that he was kind of at the end of his career, and and he wasn't a responsible fighter. He was a really a big risk taker, and mm. he talked that he had to mature. And he saw this potential in Rose and said, you know what? I'm going to give up my career and I, I just want to push Rose as far as she can go. That's awesome. Um, and, I mean, she's responding to it. And at the interview, she talked about how she's using fighting as a means to generate wealth so she can do what she wants. Like, she wants to do educational programs for kids and community gardens. Like, just this down-to-earth, loves everyone, but then is a complete badass in the ring. So it's, yeah. I don't well, know, she's a very interesting character. And you know, like, fighting isn't like, I mean, it's not a long-term solution to anything. No. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So so really the name of the game is get in, get your money, get out. Yeah, if you can as get out. As safely as you can. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. that's that's been, you know, the, the big thing for, I mean, getting back to Mayweather. He, you know, goes <laughs> goes undefeated. But he's he's not really much worse for wear aside from no, he could whatever, never read so that's... <laughs> yeah aside from whatever damage he took when he was uh, uh, when he's doing amateur stuff you know he yeah. he lost some amateur fights but um, but he's I mean 
he's done a good job at getting in, getting his money, and and getting out. I mean, and we'll yeah. see if he stays out. But but yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, man. He's got spending issues, right? So and he's he's, he's yeah. only fifty. There's the, he's still there's a lot of uh, opportunity books. for him. There's a lot of books, and there's yeah, coaching. I mean, he's <laughs> got a gym, right? And right. yeah, okay. he can't write it. He'll he'll narrate it to Siri. <laughs> Hey, I want to. I want to hear that. Shit down. I want to hear that audible book. Oh God, he wouldn't be able to read it back. You'd have to recite it. It'd be like you'd a, have somebody a whispering, book. whispering in his ear the whole time. Yeah, you'd hear you it in hear both him. ears. <laughs> you can hear the person whispering to him. Oh God, it'd be like. Um, so my my daughter uh, was in my wedding. Um, you know, and she's you know. She's, you know, at the time she was five, Mm -hmm. so she didn't know how to read yet. So somebody was having a whisper in her ear, like a poem she was supposed to be reading. And so somebody, and you can hear it when you listen back, but that's sort of the same thing as McGregor's going to get whispered (laughs) to. That's so funny. Um, one thing I wanted to leave off with, and I've, I've got some other stuff that we can talk about maybe next week. Well, not next week, because that's going to be our... Right. Well, we'll see. I mean, we don't. We'll. We're gonna. I guess we've given partially away the secret. So we're going to record um, episode two and potentially episode three mm-hmm. of the conspiracy series. Um, but we haven't really figured out when we're going to release them yet. So we'll we'll sort that out. Okay. Um, so, but I have some topics too, which is good that we'll we'll have something to record. Yeah, you know, we said we need to pre pre record some episodes so we can we count some stuff out. You know, absolutely, um, and we'll get together with that, obviously. But um, one thing I did want to mention, and just something to leave off with, you know, I'm a Packers fan. Uh, mm-hmm. One of their wide receivers uh, is like a second, third year guy, maybe. His name's Trevor Davis. He was uh, he was arrested at an airport. I think it was the L.A. airport. He made a bomb joke. Oh my god! Like, like the way that it that I understand it is like he was with his girlfriend, and like they were like checking, his, they like pulled him aside to check his bags or whatever, and he said, "Did you remember to pack the explosives?" Like out loud, like thinking oh that, my like god. <laughs> somebody was gonna take it as a joke, and they didn't take it as a joke. <laughs> You know, you never say anything like that in an airport. Never. Well, Ever. Never. No matter who you are or never. how funny you think you are or, or what. Oh, my God. What I imagine him, like, saying it, like, followed with, like, a wink to the person who was standing behind the counter. Yeah, trying like, to be real smooth. Yeah, but it he's doesn't... getting tackled by eight guys, like, immediately. <laughs> SWAT team's, like, repelling from the ceiling. Oh, God. I was just like, oh, okay. Well, usually there's not much... Did he get charged? He probably got uh, like a misdemeanor or like a he, disturbing no, he was, the peace. He was just, I mean, I'm sure there will be some sort of something, uh, yeah. court hearing or something that I have to go to, but he was released on a $15,000 bond. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Like one minute worth of salary for him. Yeah. Um, so he, he probably didn't, I mean, still like for something you probably shouldn't have said, you could have saved yourself $15,000, you know, but yeah. So on that note, a guy at my gym, he's a sheriff, uh-huh. and his part-time job is testing airport security. Yeah. So he 
there's a company that's been contracted to test airports across Canada and the U.S. or whatever. Sure. So he technically works for them. So he shows up in like regular street gear. He packs a regular bag, checks in. They give him a ticket. Um, so the security doesn't know who he is. And then when he gets to the airport, they give him either a gun or fake explosives or a bunch of drugs. And he has to try and smuggle it in to test airport security. Whoa. I, one, I think it's the coolest fucking job ever. He's That's had some awesome. pretty crazy stories about getting arrested because the police around don't know either, right? Right. Um, but he kind of hinted that they're not as good as you think they are. <laughs> wow. And that he has regularly gotten away with smuggling something through airport security. Is that something that he is like free to talk about? He can't talk about his methods because i asked him and he said no he has to sign okay. um a, an nda right um damn it for i was it. like i know because that was so my good. first thought was like matt can you please like my first thought was please come on the podcast and share these stories oh god but uh i asked him I was like, so what what happens and, and when you get caught and he's like well you kind of expect it so you go through and you, you pay attention and you know, they'll typically call a supervisor over first to look at it. Right. And then, and I was like, can you run? He's like, no, that's a good way to get shot. <laughs> so if he knows he's getting caught, he'll typically stay and like keep his hands like out of his pockets or whatever. Right. And, you know, they call security, they arrest him and he has, he actually has a letter, um, you know, on him from, uh-huh. the, from the, the security people or whatever saying that if this person is arrested, please contact this person. It's the, like, it's the, airport's supervisor or something or whatever. Right. And yeah. then the airport supervisor comes, confirms that it's who he is and they release him and then announce, like announced that it was a test to the general public and, and whatnot. But he said like, he's like, if police are around, that's the scary one for him. Cause if they uh, call police, usually he will get into like position for, to be arrested or he'll let security, he won't resist security. But if police are there and they, and they hear the chatter and say, Oh, there's drugs or, Oh, there's a gun. Police will just like, tackle him right Right. so that's his like his big fear but yeah he said that he he's definitely been successful and he gets paid like 50 bucks an hour to do this does he get to do like master disguise and like dress up in like outfits and shit when he Um, or did they like he says a little bit because if you see the same the same guards right or the same people running through airport security they know what's up they, they kind of start to recognize him, but they, they try and space it out or do it on new crews or training mm. crews and stuff like that to help. But, but yeah, he, he shared, you know, he, he never shares how he's gotten stuff through, but you know, he talked about that experience and what it's like and, and, and whatnot. And that they're very, they really like hiring law enforcement because they're really concerned about some, you know, Joe blow coming on and then getting to practice their way for smuggling drugs and then go off and do it for real. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that would be something to think about, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, so but uh yeah, anyways, on that note, let's uh let's wrap this baby up. Let's wrap it up. Hey man, that that hour flew by and there's like literally so much more we could have talked about for, yeah. from two twenty three, well, but we've been really good about making agendas and getting speaking points, so you know. It's true. Like uh, that was part of the reason why I kept putting off. I was like, I want to make sure that I have a you know all my ducks in a row and and stuff to talk about. So 
Anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for strapping in and settling in with a uh, with another episode of Jumbled, guys. We we appreciate you. Oh, one thing, uh, no um, no fact checking from our fact checker this week. He just got back from Nicaragua. That is true. He's got some serious catch up to do. I he will. Does. I'll make sure I give him a little poke to one get his mic and then get set up and and get caught up. Yeah, slacking. Well, I mean, that's it. Cutting his pay. I'm telling him. Well, we're uh, yeah, yeah. You're getting uh, you're getting a substantial pay cut, and uh, you know, I hope you can expect that. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's been it's been a fun one, Johnny. Uh, thanks for thanks for hanging out, and uh, I punched my microphone. Thanks for uh, being patient with me while I got all my stuff together. No problem, my friend. Um, we are on all social media at jumbled podcast. If you want to send us an email, that would be jumbled podcast, gmail.com. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. Thank you everybody on Stitcher. We are on player.fm. We're on Google play music. And of course we're on iTunes. If you listen on iTunes, cool. Hey, head on over, give us a rating and review. If you don't listen on iTunes, go over there, give us a rating and review. Anyway, it really helps us out a lot. Helps any potential sponsors uh, to see how we're doing and what you guys are thinking. So let us know about that over there. Um, and want to say thank you to Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and get that free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. You won't regret it, I promise. And uh, if you want to be a patron to the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash jumbled and give what you feel comfortable with giving. Uh, I did think up an idea for next week that I might start implementing, Johnny. I'm going to start making up random, just t- random tears that don't actually exist, <laughs> just to see what people bite. Just to see if they bite, and uh, and we'll see. One million dollars, <laughs> <laughs> please. Um, so thanks for listening, guys, uh, and be sure to check back next week for another episode of Jumble, your favorite podcast about nothing. See you later. Is that Amazing Grace? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very nice, dude. That's like a that's that's a, a large difference from what you were singing last last week about me having a needle dick and stuff like that. Uh, I like that you put that stuff in at the end. Dude, yeah, I'm not ashamed. Uh, you bastard. <laughs>